Hello, I'm Caitlin Ammon, Marketing and Communications Program Officer of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Today's guest is Kate Ransom, Artistic Director and Violinist for Seraphin Ensemble. Welcome to Delaware State of the Arts. We're so glad to have you on the show today, Kate. It's great to be back, Caitlin. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I know you've been a guest on Delaware State of the Arts before, uh, but for any new listeners we have out there, could you could you tell us about Seraphin Ensemble? Sure. Well, Seraphin Ensemble is now growth of the Seraphin String Quartet, which functioned in based in uh, University of Delaware and in Wilmington for nearly 20 years. And a few years ago, we transitioned from Seraphim String Quartet, which was a fixed formation, to a roster of what's now 13 artists, uh, strings, piano, winds, um, and vocal artists. Um, and this group collaborates together in concerts uh, in the Mid-Atlantic and other opportunities around the country when we get them. Um, so it's a little bit different model. And one of the things that has uh, also sprouted since Seraphin Ensemble was formed, is Seraphin Summer Music, which is a three-week chamber music festival in June, uh, based at the Music School of Delaware, but then again also performing in other venues during the three weeks of the festival. So um, we're looking forward to that in June 2022. It'll be the third Seraphin Summer Music season, and it'll feature a lot of the roster artists, but we also bring a lot of guests to join us to round out the programming. Great. Um, and again, just for uh, maybe new listeners, Seraphin Ensemble does chamber music. Um, and so I was kind of, could you kind of maybe mention just a little bit what chamber music is so that they would know what to expect when they arrive for a concert? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so chamber music is basically small ensembles of, say, two to maybe about eight players. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't have a conductor. So... And it basically, it's one person on a part. So it's a highly collaborative art form. Um, it's a very in-depth process to put chamber music uh, repertoire together and to play it well, um, because you have to coordinate all your choreography and your cueing within the group. So you know who's going to lead uh, any tiny little moment when you want to take a little time or how to start the piece and so forth, what tempo is going to be set. Um, and then more, um, more involved interpretive uh, issues that have to be discussed and, and determined by the group as a whole. So um, it's a highly collaborative process and uh, collegiality and compatibility uh, is essential as well as well-matched uh, playing technique and level of ability. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that kind of leads into kind of what I was reading about it, and I think one of the descriptions I really liked while I was, you know, kind of investigating and learning about chamber music was that it was described as the music of friends, and I think you right there kind of captured that. I was going to kind of ask, could you expand upon that? Like, how does, what does that mean to you that it was a music of friends, and how do you feel that comes into play for Seraphin Ensemble? Well, I think that's a beautiful description. Um, yeah. Uh, Music of friends. So for one thing, there's just a vast repertoire of chamber music composed by the great composers. Um, so we have riches in the repertoire that's available to us. Um, Seraphin String Quartet was actually originally a group of four friends 
that played together just because we wanted to. Um, and it has sort of since then grown into, let's say, a more uh, serious professional pursuit. But that still is the spirit of the group. Um, so, so I like the description of, say, a string quartet or any chamber music piece uh, being a, a musical conversation amongst the players. And, um, and so I think that also speaks to the idea of, you know, being friends or wanting to share ideas. It's just that the ideas aren't with words. They're abstract. They're, you know, ideas in music, but it's still an exchange, interchange, sometimes an argument you can hear happening, a disagreement in the music. Um, uh, but it's, yeah, it's a beautiful conversation. That's amazing. That's, I mean, so fascinating to hear about that and how that all, you know, comes to play there. Uh, so one of the things I saw was you announced a new roster artist who joined you for the fall 2021 season and also be joining you for the uh, Seraphin Summer Music Festival uh, coming up in 2022. Um, can you uh, just tell the audience a little bit about your new roster artist, Amadi Azakiwe, um, and what led to him becoming joining your uh, roster this year? Oh, certainly. Yes, um, we're so thrilled to welcome Amadi Azikwe, primarily a violist. He also plays violin and he is a conductor as well. He's based now in New York City um, and he is just an absolutely wonderful artist. I love the perspectives and ideas that he brings to our music making and also the spirit of collaboration that he brings. Um, along with him this week uh, for the concerts in November, uh, we will be joined by Hal Grossman, a longtime colleague of mine who now is based in Oregon, um, a wonderful violinist, and also the cellist Jacques-Pierre Milan, who we, we call JP. JP is a South African background, but he uh, resides in Baltimore now. Um, so that's our core string group, uh, which is basically it's a string quartet, and we, we do have a, a big string quartet on the programming for uh, for the November concerts. And we'll be joined by another friend of ours, a new friend. Um, he's not a roster artist at this time, but we're delighted to collaborate with the harpsichordist, um, Gabriel Benton, who is mm -hmm. new to the Wilmington area, well, relatively. Um, <clears throat> and he will help us support the wonderful artistry of countertenor Gus Mercanti. So it's a very rich and varied programming that's happening in November and we're really excited about it. Awesome and that's good jump in I just I wanted to ask too because I had seen that uh, Mr. Benton was going to be joining um, for the November performances. Um, what what does the addition of this harpsichord bring bring to the performances people will be able to see in November? So we wanted to program some Handel arias for Gus Mercanti to be featured. Um, in these um, two seraphim programs that we're doing. And Gus is frequently um, part of the artistry uh, for the seraphim summer music as well. Okay. To do Baroque period, um, almost anything, but certainly uh, segments from operas from the Baroque era, the continuo part played on the harpsichord is essential. It's like the glue that holds the whole ensemble together. So, it can be done without it, just a cello playing the bass line, but when you have the richness and also the tone color of the harpsichord, which is very distinctive, 
it really completes the ensemble. And um, we're just delighted that Gabriel Benton is in town now and a wonderful addition to the musical landscape in our area. Um, and we're, we're going to have a great time collaborating with him on several arias by George Frederick Handel. Um, Handel wrote, I think, over 40 operas. And, um, and they're, I mean, he's just one of the pinnacle composers of the Baroque era, era right up there with Bach. So we're, we're, we're pleased to be able to bring Baroque repertoire to our programming. Normally, that's a bit of a stretch for us to do stylistically since we don't play period instruments. Mm-hmm. But in the role of, of the strings and continuo on the harpsichord supporting the voice, um, this is going to be very, very suitable and very stylistic. Awesome. That's great to hear. And um, just kind of going into that, I do want to mention, so as we said, you opened up your programming at the end of October, but you do have two concerts, and we briefly kind of talked about this coming up in November. So I wanted to get out there that the first one is uh, coming up on, uh, in um, they're both coming up in the next kind of week or so. Can you tell us what two dates are for those the two November concerts? Sure, we're going to be, Seraphim Ensemble will be playing on the series at St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Lewis, Delaware, on Friday, November 11th at 7 o'clock. And then a couple of days later, on Sunday the 14th, we will play the opening concert of the Arts at Trinity series here in Wilmington, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary season, which is very, we're very honored to open that season, we've had a long-time relationship with the Arts at Trinity, and we love playing in that space and to that audience. And they have a they have a beautiful uh, Steinway uh, concert grand piano. We are not using it in this in this concert. We're using the harpsichord instead. But when we come back in the spring, um, we will be using their gorgeous piano. That's amazing. So I want to keep on the programming and on these two upcoming concerts, but first. I just want to take a minute to remind our listeners that you are tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. And that today I'm talking with Kate Ransom, the artistic director and violinist of um, Seraphin Ensemble. Uh, and as we were saying, she Seraphin Ensemble has two performances coming up in the next week or so, uh, one in Lewis and one in uh, Wilmington here. And so, Kate, could you let us know what kinds of things do you have in store for the audience in these concerts? I know we briefly touched on some of the musicians who will be joining for them, uh, but could you elaborate on what the audiences will get to hear when they arrive? Sure. So uh, the programs have a lot of overlap. Uh, so we're sharing the uh, same repertoire in two venues that are far apart, mm-hmm. geographically far apart. Um, and I guess the emphasis in this programming is more an emphasis on variety rather than thematic connection. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just great to have a lot of different styles of music in one program. And that's what we have for this. So we have a string quartet by Beethoven. It's sort of the centerpiece of the program. It's the middle quartet. Uh, in other words, a quartet from his middle of three compositional stylistic periods of his life and his work. And it's Opus 74 in E flat major. And it's, it has a subtitle. It carries the subtitle, The Harp. And um, some of the ways that he utilizes the string instruments 
throughout the piece um, seem to imitate this, the way that a harp sounds when it's played. So uh, I don't believe he gave it the nickname harp, but it's picked that up over the years. In addition, we have a beautiful little duo for violin and viola that I will play with our new, our new roster artist, Amadi Ezekiwe on viola, um, to open the Trinity program. It's by Peter Shickley, and it's a beautiful uh, work called Little Sweet for Autumn, and it really truly evokes a lot of the characteristics of, of autumn and the feel of autumn, what it feels like when the weather gets a little cold and the wind kicks up and things in the natural world start to quiet, also quiet down in a way. So um, those are two of the pieces that we'll play on the first half of the Trinity program, and we'll play the Beethoven also in Lewis. Um, then to open the second half, uh, a wonderful work that I just adore playing, and it's an unusual configuration for two violins and one viola, no cello. So it's called a terzetto, which means trio, I think, basically, little trio. Um, and it's written by Dvorak, who is, of course, the wonderful, tuneful composer from uh, what's now Czechoslovakia, Czech composer who wrote the New World Symphony, who spent some time in the United States and picked up some of the um, the style of what he heard as American music. So he heard uh, the sounds of spirituals and he heard Native American uh, musical sounds. And he also experienced what it was like to be in America and whatever that might have evoked for him. So um, he didn't spend a long time in the United States, but it was a very significant time. This uh, this piece is just gorgeous and um, substantial. And so Hal Grossman and I will be the violinist for that. And Amadi Ezekiwe will play viola. Um, to close the program, we're going to do the set of, of Handel arias. Um, so Gus Mercante will be singing three arias and a, and a recitative that goes with one of them. And we will also play the overture which is just for the strings and continuo um, from Julius Caesar. So we're, we're actually going to close our program with this set when all of us are on stage together, including our guest harpsichordist, Gabriel Benton. Wow, that, I mean, sounds like a great lineup of, you know, a great show to come check out. And kind of something, kind of something for everyone. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like there's a lot going on there. It's, you know, like you said, something for everyone there, I think, to enjoy. Um, and I was just kind of wondering, uh, you're the artistic director, and so you're putting these performances together. Both of these upcoming November performances are, are at churches. Does, does the location have any impact on the selections you choose uh, to perform during these concerts? Well, the other idea maybe behind chamber music uh, the word chamber, meaning small room. It, it's music that is to be experienced best uh, in an intimate setting. So a smaller venue, not a giant 3,000 seat concert hall. So you'll find many, many concert series of chamber music to take place in these smaller venues like churches are very uh, commonly the kind of place where chamber music concerts take place. So that's one way. It's just that those are the venues often uh, where we are invited to play. Okay. The other thing, though, is that the sound in churches is often uh, very resonant. Mm -hmm. um, 
sometimes overwhelmingly resonant, which can be challenging. But these two venues have beautiful resonance um, that still has enough clarity to be uh, wonderful places to play. And I do think that especially incorporating the Baroque music, the continuo on the harpsichord and the voice, Mm -hmm. I would say I am inspired by these spaces to put that on the program. Programming is one of my favorite, favorite things to do. Um, There's, like I said, just a massive amount of repertoire and finding uh, interesting combinations of repertoire to to share with audiences is um, challenging. Uh, You want them to enjoy the experience all the way through the concert and not have everything sound the same, if you will, either stylistically or in the instrumentation. So uh, that's another wonderful thing that the Seraphim roster offers because we have such a, a, a lineup of different instruments and including the voice. Great. Yeah, that was actually one of the things I was going to kind of talk, uh, go into was what, what are the things you do think about uh, and try to keep in mind when you're putting these programs together? Because uh, again, like you said, you have a, a roster of, of artists who you can work with and, and you mentioned this large repertoire. Are there anything else that like you sit and think about when you're when you're designing these performances? Sure, I do. One thing is um, who I want to invite to participate. Mm-hmm. So I want them to shine. You know, I want their uh, traits to come across to the audience. And so, you know, I will program accordingly. In the Surf and Summer Music Festival in June, those programs are all, and we, you know, we have three weeks worth of programs. So that's, um, you know, quite a treasure trove. Then yeah. um, those are all themed. So, you know, we, uh, the first season we did a program called Bohemian Gems. So we had works by all composers from Bohemia. And so then you have to find contrast in different ways when you're going to do, say, all Russian program or all French and, but there's a huge amount of variety from every cultural area and every every heritage. Um, so you don't have to have a program where everything sounds the same. Instrumentation, changing up the instrumentation also gives a great deal of variety for the audience, even if you're doing a thematic program. And sometimes people love to come in here like all Beethoven or all Mozart, just because some composers are so beloved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I saw... Um, it, it seems like the Seraphim Summer Music Festival, you, you've already begun planning that out and, and working that. I saw uh, it was up on the website. Would you like to give the audience uh, a taste of what's scheduled for next summer? Um, just to say it is all planned and all the artists have committed. And it's an, another stellar lineup of people coming from all over the country to uh, collaborate over three weeks in Delaware. And I think that's pretty exciting, too. Uh-huh to become a hub for these artists to join and, and get acquainted with Delaware. I mean, I love that connection. Um, so, no, I would actually just say go check out the website, Seraphin Ensemble. That's S-E-R-A-F-I-N Ensemble, SeraphinEnsemble.org. And there's a lot of information there, specific artists and their biographies and um, also the programming. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, I hope that's where they're going. And uh, would that be the same place they could go to learn about these uh, two shows coming up in November? Most definitely. Um, You can find out more specifics about the programming. You can read about the backgrounds of the artists. And um, 
the Arts at Trinity is free and they aren't doing advanced reservations, but you can find out the locations and how to get tickets if, if it's ticketed. So just a, a reminder for people that was seraphin.org. Seraphin, oh, Seraphin Ensemble. Ensemble.org. One word, Seraphin Ensemble, and it's S-E-R-A-F-I-N, Ensemble.org. Thank you, Caitlin. Oh, no, I apologize for that. I had it written here, and it just still came out that way, SeraphinEnsemble.org. Um, and uh, we have about a minute left, so again, could you just let the audience know uh, when the two performances in November are and, and where they can uh, view them? Sure. So Friday, November 11th at seven o'clock at St. Peter's Church, Episcopal Church in Lewis, Delaware. And then Sunday, November 14th at four o'clock at the Arts at Trinity, which is Trinity Episcopal Parish in downtown Wilmington. Amazing. And um, listen, uh, we're coming to the close of our show. And I just really wanted to thank you, Kate, for, for joining us again here on Delaware State of the Arts uh, and, and giving our listeners an idea of the amazing things you're going to all be doing in these two upcoming performances. Uh, it sounds like they're both really exciting and something that shouldn't be missed. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Caitlin. Right. Well, thank you so much that uh, we've come to the end of our time. I said I'd like to thank Kate Ransom of Seraphin Ensemble for joining us today. It was great speaking with you, and thank you listeners for tuning in. Have a good day. After the interview, we realized that we set the wrong date for Seraphin Ensemble's upcoming performance in Lewis. The correct date for the performance at St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Lewis is Friday, November 12th at 7 p.m. The date given for the performance at the Arts at Trinity in Wilmington, that being Sunday, November 14th at 4 p.m., is correct. <laughs>